Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. In today's episode, we are celebrating this 8-8 moment, and we are honoring the sacred masculine at this very potent window that ushers in the divine feminine. We are in the lion's gate, and my guest today is here as an agent of blending, blending the sacred masculine with the sacred feminine. Miguel Dean is here. He is a very enlightened, awakened light worker sharing his story of twin flame love and the sacred masculinity. This is truly the homecoming. Let's welcome Miguel Dean to Quantum Conversations. Hi, Miguel. Hello, Loren. Hello. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show again, especially on this auspicious, beautiful date of the 8-8 Lion's Gate. Yeah, good timing, huh? It is beautiful timing. And so we're creating a very sacred circle right here, right now in this now moment. Whoever joins us here in the now or in the recording in their own now you are part of this circle and it is very soft and gentle the energy feels exquisite today and so as this is the syrian gateway the lion's gate peak here on 88 it actually will continue through the 12th of august we are feeling empowered by the divine feminine energies and that's why it's so important to bring in the sacred masculine. And Miguel, it is so perfect that we arranged to meet today. We actually did not plan it. It fell this way. And it's also the higher beings orchestrating this event because the sacred masculine is part of the equation. It's not outside of us. It's inside us. So share a little bit about this and the work that you do 
bringing forward the sacred masculine. Thank you, Lorraine. Yes. Um, the sacred masculine. Yeah. I mean, it feels like something that, um, that life invited me to step into really. And I've been walking this path for, for quite a while. Um, and it was really only recently that, you know, the word sacred masculine began to show up and people were pointing their finger at me and I was kind of looking behind me and sort of saying, who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? And then I realized when I, was, I began to look into it, it's like, yeah, this is where my life's journey has taken me. This is what everything has been preparing me to do. So I guess a good place to start is just to share a little bit of what I mean by the sacred masculine. So the sacred masculine really is essentially, you know, somebody that has achieved a significant um, degree of union and marriage between the twin flame divine masculine and feminine energies within themselves. So this is something that um, I've kind of stumbled across again, you know, but through my own work to heal my own wounds, my mother wounds, my father wounds, um, to make peace with my um, inner child, while at the same time stepping up and contributing to the collective. Because, you know, I, I really, this came to me just recently that all masculinity is incomplete without the sacred. Because the sacred, you know, connects us up and reminds us that we are all interconnected, that what we perceive with our senses is just the tip of the iceberg. What we can, can conceive with our minds is perhaps just a little puddle, whereas there is an infinite ocean beyond the doors of perception. So these are some of the, you know, some of the, the qualities of the sacred masculine who you have to realize you, just, I guess it's just happened through so many unexplainable um, occurrences and adventures that I've had that my rational mind, you know, can't comprehend and can't get its head around. It's like, okay, so there is a lot more going on. And the more in alignment I become with myself, the more I integrate this, the feminine and the masculine within myself, the deeper peace arises in me and the deeper the sense of connection all the time and the it's kind of like the edges of separation become blurred and, and you know the oneness just becomes the norm rather than occasional glimpses yay um, yay hallelujah <laughs> yeah yeah so you know the, the majority of my work um i'm fundamentally a, a, a writer. Um, I've just um, published my third book, which is called Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story, which is all about um, how conscious relationship with woman um, really took me to a whole deeper level of awakening and really healing the divine feminine mother wound within myself and bringing me into a yeah just a, a more awakened state where my inner child 
my inner child's tantrums weren't dictating, you know, my life so much as they had been in the past because of a, a deep mother wound, you know, of, of when my mother died when I was young. So I'm a writer. Uh, that is my new book, which I'm really, which is a real labour of love. It was quite a, a quite an ordeal to write. Um, but I really felt that it, you know, it, the energy in it is the same as all my work. It is about catalyzing the divine union. It's about me sharing from a vulnerable, raw place, you know, exactly what happened to me and the places where I fell down and the pain and the going through the fire because, because love, our Hollywood version of love, I don't think is too accurate because my experience is that love will burn away everything that is not love and everything that is not love within you when you step into conscious relationships particularly a twin flame relationship will come to the surface and uh, that can be quite uncomfortable you know to, to stay with that in order to heal that and transmute that so that's my writing that's my writing and then and then you know the other very strong part of the work that i do is with my sacred masculine healing sessions which are, you know, have the same intention, alchemizing the twin flame union within the hearts of men and women, because it seems to me that this is essentially the dance of life now, this whole yin-yang, you know, anima, animus, this dance of creation of the, the feminine manifestation from the void, from the emptiness, from consciousness. So it just feels like if we get this right, we're really working at the foundations and the root level, then we create the new earth that arises from that place, it seems to me. Yes, we do. Uh, because that old baggage from old earth that can't go into new earth. So these yes. traumas and the wounding must be healed. And I find it fascinating here, you know, you call it... Uh, sacred masculine healing and you work with women and men because mm -hmm. again these are aspects within us so in your own life you uh, had a healing of the mother wound and we've talked about that mother wound you've spoken of it uh, in an earlier conversation it's very tender it's very precious and you owned it and you witnessed how you overcame the adversity in your life witnessing how that wounding <laughs> and your inability to look at it was leading you in a direction where suddenly you decided to make the change. So you mm -hmm. healed the mother wound. Would you say that the father wound is also something that comes up with? So I guess my question is, you as a male had a mother wound. Do you see females with the wounds of the father yeah yes it <clears throat> it works both ways i mean i certainly you know i had a father wound as well i think we all have mother and father wounds whether we're men, you know a, a man or a woman and you know of course those translate although it's mother and father there's a deeper level where we go into this divine masculine feminine energies which in a way become genderless you know there's often a lot of confusion around that but yeah there, there was there is 
it's it's inva invariably it's the father wounds that I'm working with with women because it seems that they come to me to have an experience of what it is to be held and to experience a clean sacred masculine energy because it doesn't seem to be too common um, on, on the earth at the moment so there is that working with with woman and 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 also you know so much of my work is, is empowering people to become the mother and the father to themselves that they wish or that they've never had you know yeah. it, it, it's that that is such a key part of the healing and that was certainly also part of my healing because my father was is a good man my father is is, is still about and yet he was of that generation that was all about you know I go out to work and I put food on the table and that's it that's that's job done so he, he was he wasn't really there for me and he had a lot of his own wounded boy within him from his own father relationship and so there was a a mocking energy that I received from him and a sort of competitive energy and you know it never really felt like he had my back like I had that strong father energy in my life Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I love that. Become the mother and father of yourself if you haven't received it. And that's mm -hmm. very supportive. Yes. And my goodness, our, our 3D human existence really does, um, we do take on some deep lessons that return us to love. And so you've made it. You've returned to love. And I love that. Um, it's so beautiful that now you have what you call a conscious relationship with women or with a woman uh, mm -hmm. and you call that twin flame so let's talk a little bit about uh, twin flames because I think there's um, some people who have questions about it on does every is our twin flames here on the planet are there what's the difference between soul partners soul mates and actual twin flames yeah yeah it's a good question Lorraine and I think there is a lot of confusion and I whenever I speak you know all I can share is my own experience I, I'm not an academic and I don't tend to read and research and stuff it's just what feels in alignment and, and you know in, in my own experience mm -hmm. so when I talk about twin flame I, I believe that there is an inner the essential twin flame is this inner divine masculine and feminine energy within ourselves mm. and the the book is bring him home is very much about how a woman um gave me the courage to make that journey from my head back to my heart mm. and she was really a reflection of the wounded feminine within myself so the difference between i believe that all relationship you know we the all conscious relationships are, are mirrors and they are a kind of like fast track um not for the faint of heart you know spiritual path uh you know to to, to return home to ascend uh, however we want to call it but the twin flame thing seems to be in my experience it just catalyzed it and it was like of an intensity and a strength and a power that I had never experienced before so everything was kind of more extreme the uh, and, and I think there are some places and there's some 
stages almost or almost the stage of longing that 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 is uh pre precedes the twin flame experience because for me there was this longing of i want to come home i'm done with all this you know failed relationship this running from the wound this avoiding this um numbing this escaping mm -hmm. and so there was this real I put my sword in the ground and I'm not fighting anymore and I'm not running anymore. I will do whatever it takes to heal these wounds and to come home to the truth of who I really am. So there was that longing. Then life just uh, synchronicitously, just divinely orchestrates, you know, the appearance, the, the meeting of this person. And for me, um, you know, it was just this really strong, intense connection of wow you know who is that who is this woman and at the beginning of the book you know I share about how um, when she entered the room it was like everybody else disappeared it was like everything else was just a blur and, and all I could see was her then there's the bliss of connection and this beautiful like a really strong magnetic energy that it almost felt like I was obsessed uh, you know by this woman to begin with and that obsession and that kind of really deep connection, it seems as if it was, you know, an important ingredient to mean that I could stay the course when the purging began and all the old wounds and all that, that, all that which is not love within me started to come to the surface. So, you know, I had to feel, <clears throat> I had to feel that which, which was, still residing in my body then there's the sort of like what i call the should i stay or should i go stage of the twin flame relationship where there was this there were times when it just got too intense for both of us that we we, had, we parted ways and mm. we thought we had come to the end of the road but strangely it was always the book that i began writing that brought us back into connection again and wow. so we came and went, you know, a few times. We, but it, the, I guess an important thing to say is that in between those times of that twin flame relationship, although it seemed we were apart, that we were still connected. And in that time, we did our work individually. We both saw the wounds and we saw what had come up through the relationship and we worked on them by ourselves. Then there was, a, you know, a returning. And I guess, you know, the beginning of this homecoming, which I still feel that I'm very much a part of, because it's not like it all miraculously disappears, but there are still triggers, but they're, <clears throat> you know, they're now perhaps just 2%, 5% in strength rather than sort of 95% as, as they were, you know, when we began to bring those wounds up to be healed. And then the last part of the whole twin flame relationship for me is the kind of you know, the birthing of the divine child, where through our coming together, we can create something, you know, more than the sum of the parts. And we are beginning to start working together a little bit. And the, and the book, you know, going out into the world feels like, you know, I don't know how many babies we'll have, Loren, but this feels like the first divine child is the book. So that's going out into the world now as a result of our relationship, as a seed of, of healing for the masculine and feminine. A seed of healing. 
All right. Well, how beautiful that here when you met her, she presented exactly what you needed to heal and that came up right away. And then with her, she had her own wounds to heal as well. So yeah. you both you both helped each other. And because it's so intense, uh it's it's yeah, you can get to the point where your stuff comes up and would you say that it was be as you were working through it, it was the ego mind that was fighting the whole way. Yes, yeah, ab absolutely. The ego what mind was fighting the the ego and the, and the inner child, perhaps they form a bit of an alliance, you know, because uh, I, I had that image where, you know, if you sometimes you see a, a man and woman uh, um, that are wanting to have a cuddle or wanting to have a hug and there's a little, their little child is standing between their legs and pushing them apart. <laughs> He's jealous, you know, and he wants, he wants all the fuss. It felt like that was happening, you know, uh -huh. quite a lot of the time. But I guess, I mean, there was one particular incident you see what happened was that my my twin flame her, her default was when she was threatened and scared was that she would leave she would emotionally leave or sometimes physically leave mm -hmm. and of course that for me who's who had experienced the, the death of his mother yeah. you know when i was seven months old it just it just totally repeated that 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 when she left, it triggered that wound for me of, there you go, you can't trust woman, you know, she'll leave, she'll abandon you, she, you know, don't open your heart to her because uh, because she can't be trusted. So the, to begin with, that just, the, the inner child, the emotion that I felt was just intense, you know, and at times it was like, this is ridiculous, I, it's like, we've just had an argument or whatever and my woman's gone off for a bit you know to have a bit of space and the man in me was saying you know that's okay that's totally fair enough whereas the inner child was having a massive tantrum and you know and just feeling so distraught and it was you know the, mm -hmm. the the actual incident that had happened was tiny compared with the intensity of the emotion that was aroused by you know by the actual incident Mm-hmm. And what of course, you... the, the ego mind, the, the ego as well, you know, because I think, because our what we've been taught about relationships and the Hollywood version of, you know, of how relationships should be and romance and love is so, such a limited, thin strand of what relationship is actually about, that the ego mind is going all the time, no, this isn't working, you know, this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be uncomfortable or painful, you know, you, you might as well just get out of here. So that's going on at the same time. So it, it can be quite a dance, Lorraine, as you can imagine. Yes, intense. And I would imagine explosive as well. How did you move through the temper tantrums of that child? How long did it take and how did you nurture that child inner mm. child it's, yeah those are really pertinent questions it was i mean it was only we'd only been together for about three months and we went away for a little while for a, a long weekend and that was and and everything just blew up and it was just it was on the surface it was you know just something very simple but um, I felt I could feel her closing down because my inner child had this really strong radar 
that's always looking out for her. Is she closing down? Is she leaving? Is she going to go? Mm-hmm. So this at this point, when we'd had this great big argument and come back early from the holiday, she said, I need a couple of weeks, you know, to, to, to reassess things and have some space, you know, by myself. And my inner child was just terrified and distraught. And I guess really to answer your question was, I just did what Rumi said and you know, I kept, in fact, I was pacing around just repeating it saying the wound is the place where the light enters you. Mm. Stay with this, stay with it. And, and I just kept doing my best to feel the sensations of the discomfort in my body without turning it into a story in my head of shaming and blaming myself. So mm-hmm. that to begin with, it was just the inner child was just distraught and in a total mess and gradually the man in me, the sacred masculine, began to sort of have a, be able to run some commentary and, and start to placate the little boy and say, look, it's okay, this is, it's an old wound, you know, this isn't what's happening now, everything's okay now. So it was just really shining the light of consciousness and seeing whenever, mm-hmm. you know, whenever that wound was triggered or that sense that she was leaving, it was reminding the little boy inside me that it, it's okay, you know. It, you, if this woman leaves, she's not your mother, and you will be fine. You will be fine. And what's happening now is just totally normal, and this is part of the healing. So just be brave and stay with it, because you know it's like that reservoir of unexpressed emotions that we weren't able to feel, or you know, totally express when we were little at the time of the trauma stays trapped within our bodies and but it's not a never-ending reservoir if we can just siphon off that reservoir empty out that reservoir of old pain through having the courage to feel it without topping it up by negative self-talk and you know criticism in our heads then it gets less and less and that was my experience it began to be smaller and smaller and smaller until now where I can still see the triggers, but maybe it's just a minute or two it will take me to see through that little thin veil of of emotion to see what's really going on and, and, and know generally, you know, in my situation, it's like, oh, she's withdrawing a little, but she just needs the man in me to say, I love you, darling. I'm not going anywhere, you know. I'm sorry if I was a bit this or that. I love you and and you're special and important to me. Yes, that is the higher consciousness aspect of all, your higher self aspect. Beautiful, mm. so beautiful that you moved through it. Awareness is a majority of the work. I like yes. to say it's at least 75% of the work, but in a way it really is like 80 to 90% of the work. And then you watch the triggers. You see the triggers. When you were feeling this in your body, and, you know, as it goes on, it gets softer and softer as it continues to clear out. Where did you, like, was it in your solar plexus? I mean, it's energy in your body. It's emotions in your body. Was that anywhere in particular for you? Yeah, it it, it was... To begin with, it was so intense that it was, yeah, it felt Everywhere. Like it was all my torso, yeah, certainly the, I mean, you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't eat to begin with, I just had to eat baby food for the first few days, it was like I couldn't 
that trauma, I couldn't have anything solid in my mouth. I was just eating yogurt and sort of drinking milky sweet drinks because I just, my stomach was just so sort of upset and, and disturbed by it. So, yeah, I, I couldn't even eat. And, 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 yeah, this kind of intense, yeah, the solar plexus and the heart energy is just really yeah. aching. But, but you know, you know what, what I began to see was that if we can just turn off the mind and just bring our energy, our focus to the sensations in the bodies, it's actually just a vibration. It's just a sensation. And it's only our conditioning on our programming around shame, around fear or vulnerability or brokenness or, you know, what, 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 we, what we term negative emotions. Once we stop calling them negative, then we stop perpetuating the pain. We stop giving ourselves a hard time for having a hard time. And we just feel the sensations. And all of a sudden, it's not such a big deal anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. And in that process, you recognizing that, you know, your triggers or someone else being triggered and maybe lashing out or raising a voice is really the loudest cry for love. And yes. so if we can flip everything and understand that in our own relationships, in our own life, that is mm -hmm. really doing the work. And so we have a question here. Woodland, Woodland Nymph from our YouTube chat line brings up a really good point. Mm -hmm. How do we fare on this journey if one doesn't do the healing work with counseling or does spirit lead that? So talk a little bit about this because if we don't look at this, and again, we may just do something where we identify a feeling in our body, a feeling of unworthiness or whatever, but that awareness is the beginning of something so huge that we're beginning to transform right there. But what happens if we don't do this inner journey? We're really just recreating the same reality, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's my experience because that's what I did. You know, it, it, it got uncomfortable. And so in the two long relationships that I had previous to, to my to my homecoming, shall we say, I just heard myself at the end saying, OK, I will go. And it would both times it was almost like, did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. But there was this thing of let's just leave, you know, let's just run away. This is too difficult. And so and I knew. I would have to face the same things in the next relationship because every relationship is just a mirror of our inner wounds. Every triggering is, is actually a gift. It's mm. shining the light of consciousness, you know, and, and of awareness onto what it is that we need to do. And I just got fed up. You know, I'm not to say I don't think it's wrong if we don't choose to do the work, but then we'll, for me, we're living in 3D and we're living on the surface of life there is when we do the work when we go to those dark <clears throat> caves those scary places within ourselves that's where the treasure lies and it feels to me as if we kind of go back to zero point you know we've cleared the past and it's almost like we're you know as the, the christ words of the, the children entering the kingdom of heaven we are sort of children but with the awareness and the wisdom and the experience of adulthood, 
and then we can begin to explore you know 5d and the and the, and the other the other dimensions because as you mentioned at the beginning you can't take your baggage with you you can't take this stuff with you if you want to stay on the platform then fine don't do the counseling work but if you want to taste the magic and the mystery and that which is beyond what we can probably conceive with our minds and perceive with our senses then you know the, the, then we do the work that's when we do the work yes <clears throat> it's our responsibility for it no one else can do it for us we mm -hmm. can thank them <laughs> i yeah. love doing this we can thank them for helping us clear that right and, yeah. and that's a humorous way to deal with these triggers within us if someone else is triggering us we really do have to take that responsibility follow that trigger look deep within to what is the root cause of that trigger that work right there is really good and I promise everyone if we just say thanks for helping me clear that and we yeah. say it with a little laugh because it's a joke just laugh <laughs> that we will feel better uh, and and understand that wow you know in in some of the deepest intensest moments like last summer a year ago last summer to me it felt very I'll use that word again explosive in the collective and in even in my personal life some of the things that were coming up and it was basically teaching me to stand and speak my voice in a healthy boundary and yes. so if we don't do that it will get very explosive things will get wow and one of the things that really did help me in that was like to take that responsibility of wow this really upsets me this is um that that's that core wound of acknowledgement or another yeah. core wound of being taken advantage of in what what other in what any whatever way like a family member or a friend or a business colleague someone if you have those feelings come up to own it and go so deep that we remove the blame from other people and we literally yeah. thank them <laughs> for helping us clear that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Lorraine, I think we can take the responsibility to a whole nother level as well, because part of the path of the sacred masculine is, you know, as I mentioned, this connectedness and oneness and knowing that, you know, I said this to my twin flame many times. I said, this work that we are doing we are doing this for the collective as well. This is so much bigger than just you and me. And, you know, as we do that work individually in our relationships, that energy goes out and heals this, you know, this deep wound that has been passed down from generation to generation from the, you know, from the witch burnings to the, you know, the horrendous things that have happened and the, the lack of trust and, and fear that has built up between man and woman. That is also what this work is about for the so that we can begin to birth a generation that come from this true love, you know, from this beautiful, true, loving place, which is our birthright, which is actually who we are, not this kind of slightly, you know, distorted sort of lost, um, you know, narrow aspect of what it is to be human. Mm hmm. Yes. And, you know, here's another question that's coming up. So, you know, in relationships, it's it's beautiful because 
we have this masculine and feminine relationship between ourselves and then mm-hmm. with our partner in life. Yeah. And to blend that and, and the twin that we're talking about. So you and your twin went through this upgrade. Let's call it an upgrade together. Yeah. And you both were part of it. And so it at one point was just one of you doing the work and the and was that lifting the other up? I ask because the question is, what if one side of that relationship is doing the work and the other is not? Again, this yeah. goes deeper into being able to speak your boundary uh, and to speak your love. And I do think that lifts the other person up. And maybe you do need time and space apart. But I think that work that one person does will naturally lift the other person. It it can be a gentle mirror, as you said, back to the other person to look within as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a bit like a game of tennis, isn't it? If you keep if you keep hitting the ball onto somebody's forehand, then it just, you know, you keep that same dynamic. But if you hit the ball onto their backhand, they have to adjust. So if one person does something differently in the relationship and starts, you know, taking responsibility and doing their work, it, the other person has to adjust. They can't stay exactly the same. Well, it, or if they do stay exactly the same, it may be that it's time for those two people to part. Mm-hmm. But in my relationship in my twin flame what what happened with us was to begin with it was life seems to be seemed to be you know that loving compassionate life in that to begin with it was all my stuff that was coming up I I, I was really the um, one that was struggling and that was very big you know needy and controlling and all my inner child stuff was coming up mm-hmm. and she was, you know, there was stuff, it, this was obviously directly triggering her own wound and her own healing, but it was it was less intense. But we found that it, we would take it in turns. Once that big piece of work of mine was, was you know, well on the way to, to being less intense, her stuff really started coming up. And so then my role was to, you know, to hold space and to be that firm, um, kind but strong masculine container that yeah also around boundaries that sometimes said no i'm not having this so yeah there was this this sort of dance of of taking it in turns to some degree yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yes and i know this comes up a lot there are some ascension teachers and way showers that are really stringent and just say absolutely do not tolerate that and then there's others who are sharing what you're sharing and, and saying that, you know, the relationships, our relationships are the greatest mirrors and the greatest tool for ascension. You know, we can go out and be in the world and smile at the world and be kind to strangers. But if we have to come and and deal with family members that might not make us so happy, that's something to look at. And yes. some of the greatest spiritual sages are like, if you really want to do your spiritual work, go love your family. Yeah. yeah. And I know, you know, it's kind of like it's, 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 again, everything is vibrational. So if we're in a place where, you know, we are um, being sapped 
of our energy by being in um, certain relationships, if it's family members or friends or anybody, that's one thing. Uh, but a relationship with someone that we love, right? If if you've been married for 20 years or just a year or just in a twin flame relationship and it mm-hmm. doesn't go smoothly, just to be able to do that work ourselves and follow that peace and that love no matter what, that does do a lot of healing on both parties as we've discussed. So it really is beautiful. Nothing like a relationship to really um, lead the way on our ascension. And so I say that because, you know, we we don't have to go and change our lives. We don't have to. We can we can bring our families with us on this journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Lorraine. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's, it, uh, nothing seems black and white. It, you know, the, 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 I guess the duality just gets less and less the further, the further I uh, travel this, this, this journey. But it's, it, it, there's a fine line of discernment needed. You know, I think there are times when you say yes, you know, this, or you say no, this, uh, you know, I'm not staying in this relationship. I don't think, it, you know, it, obviously if there's a, abuse or danger and there are certain, there's a lot about boundaries and self-respect and so on as well. So, you know, there are times, you see, I don't, I don't, I don't think that a, the success of a relationship is based on its longevity. For, for me, it's based on how deep you go yeah. together while you are together because, mm. Now, every relationship that I've had previously, you know, obviously has come to an end, but I've learned so much from them. And, and you know, and I, I have no regrets about those relationships. And, you know, again, it's I don't know, you know, I, 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 I don't know for sure whether, you know, who knows whether we are actually really designed to be with one partner all of our lives anyway, or or, or whether that is just part of our conditioning as well. You know, there are. There are, you know, many different ways to skin a cat, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I remember a past life of mine where we had multiple relationships. We had, we did, we were, I guess, what would you call that? Polyamorous? Uh Yes. And I do remember that lifetime. I actually remember being killed for something regarding that (laughs) in another lifetime. Okay. Well, enough about that. I wanted to just come back and, and say that this is beautiful because in the end, the most important aspect is our higher self. And Bruce on our chat line says, it feels like a love affair with our innate selves. And that is exactly what this is. And, you know, as we go through this journey, when we love ourselves, like nobody else can, when we cultivate love within ourselves, we do this work, we pay attention to that wounded inner child or any feelings of lack and we transcend that, we are doing so much. It's so beautiful that we can do that and it really is embodiment and that's the most important thing is to do what is in alignment with our soul and you said when you when we began our call when you are more in alignment things just happen so can you share with us what you do maybe it's a process or something how do you tap in how do you get in alignment 
Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. It it feels like really that it's it almost, the question almost becomes a bit more. How do I get out of alignment? You know, because instead of it just yeah. being little windows of alignment, it increasingly just becomes the the norm and a, and a default. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, we, we are naturally in alignment when we're happy and enjoy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, part of that alignment is also is is being at peace with not being happy and enjoy. Ah. You, because, you know, it, it's that embracing of all of it. It's it's yeah. that just being able to step back and witness it a little more. Um you, you know, because like for example, I, I I did a talk at the uh, the Goddess Conference in Glastonbury. Just was it? Yeah, it was just last week. But before the talk, I felt I could feel all this fear coming up, and it was really quite uncomfortable. But I know enough now, and, and I guess I'm in alignment enough to say, okay, well this is interesting. What's this about? And usually, if there is fear, it's either I'm not in alignment with my truth. Or the ego is resisting a little bit because it's a bit scared that I'm going to step into a whole new level of oneness and and you know sovereignty and so that it will have less control and you know and it won't be able to keep me small for, for longer. Um. So a big part of this being in alignment is is just being at peace and and being able to step back and and watch the dance and watch the emotions and just embrace. You know, it's it's kind of like there is nowhere to arrive at. This is it. We this is home. We are home. It's just a deepening of a remembering. And as we deepen the remembrance, the 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 undulations, uh, life's natural undulations, because we're here to experience the full spectrum of what it is to be human, just become more. We just become more curious about it rather than that we get lost in it. Yes. Well, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much. We are going to, I'm going to call it an activation. It's poetry. You're going to read a beautiful poem, but this is really an activation. Just the title of it, where you were explaining the divine feminine kisses the divine masculine awake. So let's go ahead and bring forward this poem which truly is an activation. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just have to just introduce it briefly because with a very short yeah. story, it actually Please. happened at the Goddess Conference because I was feeling this fear around what I was going to share mm -hmm. and it just felt like it was a bit too personal and small and it was about me and my book. And then in, I was in a workshop before I gave my talk and, and this beautiful woman shared that about a Babylonian myth of Tammuz, I think his name was, which is the origin of our myth of the Sleeping Beauty. Now, I'd received this information. It just came to me. I just, I've been aware of this for a few weeks, and I've been talking and writing about it, that the myth of the Sleeping Beauty, where the prince kisses the, 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 the princess awake, I said, that's not accurate. That's not what's happening. What's happening is that it's the divine feminine kissing the masculine awake. And then this woman shared this myth and said, yeah, this was the original story and it received a patriarchal twist and was distorted so that it was the man, you know, rescuing the poor, helpless woman. 
And it was all of a sudden, everything just fell into place. And it was like, ah, yeah, this, you know, that, that makes perfect sense. I, uh, you know, that had just arrived in my awareness. And it was like, oh, my goodness, it was a reminding. We're living these myths. We are these myths. You know, this, this is happening here and now. So that's the, you know, that's the, the, the little backstory to this poem, which actually came, this activation, which came a long time ago, which is about what happened with my twin flame. It, it, this is a true, a true activation, a true poem of what happened for her. So I'll just pause a second and I'll just take a breath and then I will begin. Okay. Bring him home, child. Bring him home, they whispered to her pure and tender heart. Bring him home to the heart of life, to the knowing and realization that he is not alone, but that in truth all is one. Bring him home, whatever it takes. Bring him home with your kindness and gentleness and grace and beauty. Bring him home with your ruthless integrity and your willingness to honour your sacred self. Pierce his wounded heart deeply and allow the fear to flow, to bleed, to ebb from the place where it no longer need reside. Make space for the love that he is to rush in and fill him with grace and peace. Make space for the truth of his divinity to germinate like a tender seedling in the fertile soil of love. Let your love dissolve his edges so that separation becomes a ridiculous joke. Make way for his son to burn away all illusion. Make way for his clear healing waters to flow forth uncontained, wild and free. Bring him home. Take his outstretched hand and walk together into the oneness of love. For in so doing, you too shall come home, child. Bravo, beautiful. Mm. Make space and bring him home. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Miguel Dean, thank you so much. This conversation is heartwarming, it's healing, it's liberating, it's uplifting, and it feels so good. Mm -hmm. And so this, these energies within ourselves, this is what we're doing. It's this inner work, and we are each responsible for it, and it's wonderful when we do it. Great shifts in our lives come about. You are all about empowering people. And mm -hmm. so you are offering sacred divine or sacred healing sessions for the divine masculine. Sacred masculine healing sessions is what you call them. So talk a little bit about this because, again, you you do a lot of work with women and men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yes, they're, they're sacred masculine healing sessions, and what what that means is that you know they're they're from the heart of the sacred masculine. For me, the sacred masculine is somebody that has you know this degree of union with the divine feminine and masculine within themselves. 
So feedback <laughs> uh, suggested early on when I began to, to work in this way after these upgrades of this twin flame relationship that, that people receive quite a, can, can receive quite a strong energetic transmission. But on the surface, you know, on the surface, there are different levels really to the sacred masculine healing. You know, essentially they are a conversation, uh, a fusion of coaching and counseling and mentoring, um, which I have qualifications in. On, a, on another level, there is, you know, I bring in the wisdom, the intuition, the insights from my own journey you know, from you know, from a fragmented sort of broken uh, masculine uh, place, you know, and healing those uh, feminine wounds within myself. So there's you know, there's that level, you know, that own spiritual um, journey and, and what I learned along the way. And then you know, the third thing is really the the, the deep level is that safe container that holds that I hold the sessions with, which is most commonly described as a, a soft strength, you know, it, it's, and, it, and, and it comes from the balance of my own masculine and feminine, that there, there is a listening, a deep listening and an allowing and a non-judgment and a receptivity to whatever um, the client, you know, brings to the table, brings to the conversation. And in that, in that space, what happens is that people relax and inside they relax and open and there's a flowering and there's a blossoming. And in that relaxedness, as opposed to the contraction and the fear, whatever needs to come into awareness will come into awareness, will rise to the surface. So, you know, those are the key aspects of the, of the way that I work, really. It's, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, a lot of it is, is that journey from the head back to the heart. And it works equally men equally well for men and for women, but it seems that you know women are, often seem to lead the way in this courage to to feel and to go into this emotional territory. So I am working predominantly with women, predominantly around healing their masculine wounds. Um, but of course, you know the masculine and feminine, like the yin yang, they're both interconnected. You, you can't work on one in, in isolation. And what people say is, you know, it, it helps it helps their relationships because it's all, you know, that our external relationships are just mirrors of the 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 inner twin flame relationship within ourselves. So it's about healing those mother wounds, those father wounds, to bring us into a deeper union within ourselves and a deeper love of ourselves. And that can't do anything but then impact positively on all our external relationships and our contribution energetically or otherwise into the world. Yes, that is the liberation and it allows us to move forward, creating those new earth solutions and services, products and businesses. That is the true healing and it's the inner twin flame relationship deeper love and awareness of ourself. And so that's so beautiful. Very well said, Miguel. Your mm -hmm. special offer is available on this webpage. It's also here at bit.ly slash Miguel offer. And of course, at acoustichealth.com slash special offers slash Miguel. Thank you for that, Miguel. Those are 30 minutes. 
they're done over Skype or Zoom, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yes, yeah. The video medium works really well. Yes, it does. It's a great connection. All right, beautiful. And and those are recorded as well if people want to get that session. Yes, if people would like them recorded and what you know so they can listen to them again and that's 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 very possible. Yes, we do that sometimes. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, thank you for that special offer. You do incredible work helping people. The story of your own journey is just a great way for others to see how they can overcome their adversity as well. Thank you so much for stepping up and really being uh, answering that call of the heart, right, where you really were invited in by life. Your life journey invited this in. And so all of our life journeys do that. And there's incredible uh, beauty in the world as we move through these wounds and are once and for all liberated from them. Yeah, yeah. You can't take your baggage with you. You can't take your baggage with you. And um, thank you, Loren, for this, you know, for this conversation, for this opportunity to touch the hearts of of, of some more people. You know, I uh, I just so believe that you can't measure this stuff in, you know, the, in the old with the old paradigm. We all do our little bit, and we all do heal and contribute in the ways that we can, the ways that we've been gifted through life, and that's how we, you know, that's how we create the new earth. It, just a little bit at a time, one heart at a time, for the children and the generations to come. It, it, it's an honor to be doing the work, isn't it? And, you know, thank you for your massive contribution in this field as well. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Miguel Dean. This has been a beautiful conversation. And we thank you for your contribution. And we thank everyone every heart who is listening for your contribution as well this is our light and we amplify this light on our beloved planet loving ourselves first and foremost so miguel we'll talk to you again my friend thank you thank you thank you for this quantum conversation thank you yeah love and blessings love and blessings namaste namaste Again, if you would like Miguel's special offer, it is available on this webpage. Check in our description box for the link. Now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart on this 8-8 Lion's Gate. Radiate your love.
Quantum Conversation, and thank you for dancing with us to the Cosmic Heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all Quantum Conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.